three, two, one. Well, happy Wednesday. It is the Dennis and Andy show. Thought it's the I'd, Wednesday edition. It's the Wednesday edition. Thought I'd add a little tune to it this time. A little, little sing-along Dennis and Andy show. You might be going, wait a second. It's 5 o'clock again. I thought you guys did 7 o'clock. We're trying to 5 o'clock again just to see how it flows. We kind of like it. Freeze up the night some. What's up, Jay Lee? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Jay Lee. Glad you, glad you made her back. So, uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing. We figure, you know what, we're going to roll five, see, uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll play around. Who knows? We're just we're testing. I'm an old man. Yes. And when we get done at like eight o'clock and then doing the after show stuff we have to do, it's like 820. And I'm just like, oh, my night seems over. So I like five because then when we're done, we go out, we have dinner. I can have a beer. After the show, get a little tipsy because I'm a lightweight when it comes to drinking. But, so. but he's not driving tonight because we're, we're taking the electric car because we have no gasoline here That's right. in North Carolina. North Carolina for gas sucks. And I've got a quarter tank, which equates to about 80 miles. So uh, my wife likes to rub it in my face that I should have got gas on Sunday when she told me to. And uh, I did not. So, But you know what that means since it's Wednesday. We got new. We got a lot of stuff today. We got new comic books. Yep. All right. So we'll be going through that. We did. Uh, we we finished off Jupiter's Legacy. Yep. So binged you know, it. Yep. Yeah. Binged it. Um, and we'll we'll talk a little bit from the comic books, uh, the series. You know, did they pull it off? Was it a good transition? Well, guys, kind of get your feelings on that. Um, uh, we went and got a movie that we've been talking about, but it had gotten pulled. We went but we finally got to see it. Yes. We thought it had been pulled, and we found nobody. It's not a superhero movie, one that we usually will talk about, but it knocked our socks off, so I, I'm, that's all I'm going to spoil. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, spoiler alert. It was awesome. It was. So you'll have to wait. I'm just going to leave it at that. It was effing Oh, nobody is awesome. Dennis is holding up. You're like, what's Dennis holding up? It's hard to see. Well, we'll, we'll do our best. Dennis is holding up heavy metal number 306, which we've talked about. And you're like, why is he holding up heavy metal 306? I'll show you why. It's my first ever job in heavy metal. That's right. You heard me right. Andy Smith has a job, a creator own job, no less, in heavy metal. Magazine here. Here's a couple pages. Not going to show everything, but it's Maracuda, and the it's a detective in late '70s New York that drives a 1970 Barracuda, and his nickname is Cuda, and he somehow magically gets transported to present day. So it's a uh, you know it's it's twelve page installments. I'm actually working on drawing the second chapter during the day now as I juggle that with First Man Volume Two. Um, so I'm working on the second chapter of that. So yeah, so go out, get yourself a little heavy metal three oh six. Yep. So you can check out Cuda. It's got Andy Smith. It's got some Bart Sears. It's got oh not missed issue. Oh Bart's not in three oh six. Nope. Bart's, uh, Bart's maiden story comes back in 307, I believe. Ah, so they purposely, they purposely put you in there. They yeah. bumped, they bumped, they, they bumped yeah. the Bart for the Andy. Nice. So, so, yeah, so get that. But if you want to get maiden, Bart Sears thing that we were talking about when we were interviewing Bart, there it is. Heavy Metal uh, uh, Magazine just, well, heavy metal comic book, even though it's magazine size, 
of Maiden collects Bart's, uh, I think the first three chapters, because his chapters are eight pages long. Yeah, we teased it the other night, so. um, but we both got our copies. Andy's came today. Um, they're hard to get. It's a, a really short uh, a print run. Yep. So eBay. Yeah. That's where we went. Yep. Or you can get it from the heavy metal site. but Or the heavy metal site. Let us yeah. jump into what did the boys get this week? It was a pretty pretty big week. Pretty big week for one of us. Once again, I don't I don't partake as much as uh, Dennis does. Yeah, I like the comics. Star Wars. So um, I'm that that's that's been is. solid. Um, I'm still liking the storyline. I dropped Vader. I finally gave up on on the Vader. Why'd you give up on Vader? It just wasn't as good. Is it soy Vader? Is that why? It's it's Is starting Vader kind of a soy boy. It's it's starting to feel like it a little bit. Oh, they kind of lost the interest. The the main Star Wars one's still been pretty decent. So yep, keeping up with that. Dark De Batman Detective. That's a me book. Uh, I really like the first issue. It's written by Tom Taylor. That's his name, right? Of course, I got the one that has no credits on the cover. Oh, wait, there it is. Just hard to read. Yeah, Tom Taylor. I buy it because it's drawn by Andy Kubert. I'm a big fan of the Kubert brothers and their work, so I buy what Andy and Adam do. Um, but the story was really cool. Um, obviously, it's Batman detective because he has to solve this mystery. Um, I'm not going to give away what the mystery is, but I didn't see the swerve at the end of issue one coming. So when it revealed at the end of issue one what the mystery was, I was hooked. So that's what I like. Good good story, good art, and I like Batman. So that uh, that's a me book. Dennis and his Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, they jumped, you know, they started out their space one. I did a full review. So if you haven't seen it, you can go to um, our YouTube page and, and pull up the full review. Um, it was a really enjoyable uh, issue. I like where they're going. You kind of got the two separate teams right now doing their space stuff, different parts of the universe. Um, What's with Dr. Doom? He's part of the Guardians now? Oh, he well, he showed up. That's the spoiler because he shows up in the last page. It's pretty cool. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what old Doc's up to. So uh, um, I'm giving it a thumbs up from the first one. So I, I'm, I'm liking where they're going. X-Factor. You know, X-Factor's never one of my most favorite in the X titles, but it's always solid enough. So, you know, I've, I've been keeping up with it. It's been good. It's been good. Geiger is another one that I got. That Dennis, I actually hooked, got Dennis onto the first issue. He has not read it yet, and I used to give him shit for buying books and not reading them. He did a lot of shit. Because he'd be like, well, I want to wait till a few come out, then I don't have to wait. i got to be honest. I might actually do that because I kind of remember what the first issue is about. I remember it enough to where when I start reading this one, it'll all come back to me. But now I realize why I sucked at book reports in school. Because you, you're old and you don't remember well, shit. No, I wasn't old when I was in high school. Oh, so you've always I've always shit. had like this. There's I should talk to a shrink because I bet there's a, a technical term for it. And I'm being serious. We're like, oh, I would read a page. And this is why I don't like reading novels. I would read a page. I'd get to the end of the page. And then I'm like, don't remember any of it. So yeah. I have to go back and read the page again. I don't know if that's an ADD thing. I don't know. Or what? But that's how it is with stuff. Like we saw nobody last night. I remember it pretty well. That's a that's a different thing when it's action and in your face. But when it comes to reading stuff, waiting thirty days for the next one, I kind of need that recap. So I don't know. I'm kind of excited to read this issue of Geiger because, like I said, I do kind of remember the first so one. Just enough. remember what you heard. This is May twelfth, twenty twenty one. Dennis was right. That's all you need to take away know. from this episode. Dennis was right. But seriously, I usually was going to wait till at least four issues came up before I really sat down and read it. But I did a quick flip of, of Geiger number one um, because I, I picked it up late. And I've had a number of people contact me. They really do want a full review on it. So I will probably do a full review of one and two. I'll do a quick flip for number two release it, and then I'll probably do a full review on one and two because we, quite a few of you are, are interested in the book. So that, that's cool. So I may do it. 
Oh, Shorter yeah. of the Atom. Dennis's what, what's, the, oh. what's the word I'm looking for for this book? It's Dennis's pain of the X-Men because he's literally not reading it. I will not read it. I read number two. We talked about this in one of our last uh, episodes. Wait, when you it did came read out. number two. I read oh, number right. two. You want to give me a shot. And it shot. sucked just as bad as number one. I thought maybe by some miracle the rotation of the earth would change or the axis would change and everything would go to hell. I wouldn't have to worry about it. But no, I read number two. I absolutely hate this story. There's almost nothing redeeming in, in this for me. So the question is, do I spend my hard-earned money on a book that I won't read or do I not collect uh, X-Men for the first time ever? I have chosen I say not collect X-Men for the first time. That's where I, because I tell you what, I'm a huge Green Lantern fan. I'm not getting the new Green Lantern book. I read the first issue, did nothing for me. I'm out. I gave the first issue a shot. This is after the whole. But you're not a completist. Future. I know. I'm not a, I'm not a, and see, you and I I'm not a masochist. You and I are fundamentally different. Cut yourself different. with razor blades while you're at it. I, I, I wonder if they're X-Men razor blades. But that now I, I will not read it anymore. I, there's only a few issues, so I'll do it. I will put them in the box, and I'll never read them just because I, I have to. And I talked to Tony today, and he's the same way. He would collect it even with it, but I will not get any of the other covers. Now, what the hell is X-Men? X-Men, it's, well, things are always changing in the X-Men universe. There's a lot of things that are going on right now with Krakoa. So this is a, another book. I, I like the fact that they're doing something like this, but I don't like the fact that, once again, we're running back to, I feel like, the 90s. There are so many X-Men books. I, 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 it's Again, it's hard. It's, they, they could X me out, you know, I know and man. I don't want to do it. And I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting worried that this is going to happen. But anyway, I will we'll see it. I will do a quick flip on this one, and we will see how it is. Jay Lee says, I have a complete X-Men set from 64, and I stopped in 2005. I got tired of it. Yeah, I hear you, brother. Now, see, but see, Jay, that gives you something. That gives you a mission to go get issues one through 63. So you may not be aware, because this is probably way back when we talked about it. I quit collecting comics twice. When Wolverine, one of them was when Wolverine lost his, lost his adamantium. See, I and, thought that was And cool. he went feral, and I hated it. I hated it so bad, I walked away. Problem is, I will always get sucked back in, and then I wind up having to recollect it. And, you know, last time that happened, it was, I wound up missing um, new, uh, yeah, new Mutants. Uh, 87 and 98, so I missed the first Deadpool and the first Gable, which means I had to go back and collect them and pay a hell of a lot more money for them. So, you know, that's my problem. Oh, wait. I, I misspoke. He says, no, I meant the year. I have 1 through 64. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. You bought it when it came out. I assume, wait, now I'm lost. I meant the year, 1 through 64. I have 1 through 64. I get what you're saying. I get they've rebooted it so many times. I get it. No worries, Jay. No worries, Jay Lee. I get it. Um, Heroes Reborn number two. We got number one. Um, you know, we're gonna do we're gonna do a review, deep dive on number one. because uh, this has been really pitched a lot and we, we didn't really know a lot going into it and kind of wanted to keep it that way. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad we did. But, yeah, we, in, as soon as we're done with the new comics, we're going to talk about Heroes Reborn and, and give you our take on it. Yeah. I do like this cover a lot, I, I must say. I, I did. I, I like I liked both of them, actually. I love the cover. Uh, Maniac in New York is the book we're both reading. So issue four is out. Got to keep up with the Maniac. It's been good. It on. has been solid. Again, you all know I'm not a big fan of, of uh of the art on it but the story has just been 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 great hey daniel which is funny because hey what's up daniel it's funny because i actually think uh the art fits this story pretty well actually so it's uh andrea moody you know it, it's an acquired taste 
it's kind of gritty kind of, and that's how the story is. I mean, it's about this serial killer in New York. Um, I, I think the art actually fits the story rather well. It does. So I don't like the style normally, but they, but they marry each other very right. well. It's a great, it's, it's been a great series. Yeah. Magic is a dentist. Number two. Yeah, I picked up. They have a bagged um, hidden variant. Why one that looks like? And I don't know. I don't, I don't. <laughs> From back here on the screen, that totally, I, I just get like, hey, what's well, this member? Maybe that? it's about that God gave rock and roll to you. Oh, it could be. Or which could be a Bill and Ted reference. Um, the Resistance Uprising. Um, I had gotten into this late and I had picked some up, but I'm a big J. Michael Ostrzynski fan. Babylon uh, 5. I love Babylon 5. Oh, my God. love Babylon 5. Um, and anyway, so um, I had picked this up, and it's been pretty interesting. We had gone through the first series, so this is the next one. So I'm definitely picking this up. Project uh, Patron. Um, I did a review of the, the first one, uh, the quick flip. I've gotten some responses. Um, I, I thought it looked all right. Andy thought it Wait, looked is this one you've read yet or no? Not a, not a, I haven't done a full review on it. But you've read the first issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, I didn't mind the art. I thought the, the guy's art style was kind of neat, actually. Um, I actually thought it, you know, because I, I didn't buy it. I looked at Dennis's and I thought, you know what? I might give this a shot when it's a trade. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll probably do some uh, some full reviews on on these coming up too. There's only so much. Red Sonia's superpower, and I, it's not one I normally pick up. But again, it's Perillo. I love his artwork, and you do. Tony knows the fact that if they, he's been putting him out, and they've been fantastic in this. I haven't even read it. Don't even know if I will read it. Wait, wait. You've got five coming. issues so far, and you're not even four because I didn't know that he did it on the first one. So I've got two, three, four, and five. So you got to get number one. Silver City is one that I put on my pull list uh, way back when, when I saw it was coming out. It looks super intriguing to me. I am definitely going to do a quick flip on this one and then get your guys' feedback. How much moose does this guy have to use for that hair? That is, that's a hell of a moose. That's a hell of a hell moose. Of moose. And you got to figure with hair down, with it that high up, when it's down, he's got some long hair. Uh, yeah, and I'll let you guys know. Um, Daniel, What's it about? Any idea? It'll run into you. My Facebook got hacked. So um, you can't contact me anymore right now. Um so I created a new one. We had to make a brand new Dennis and Andy and a brand new Dinja Comics. So it's all being put out there. So if you see me disappear, I'm back. So you just have to uh, re-Facebook me again and become friends on there in order to message me. Because I've been fighting with Facebook for a week now. And they made me run through hoops. And I hate Facebook. But, you know, it's kind of a necessary uh, evil. So... Daniel, I know you love to, to text me stuff on it, so um, just make sure you find me on the new one and, and get you back. Because he got hacked. Yeah, don't even get me started because this crap. Hacked. And Facebook blows when it comes to customer service. Yeah. Totally, totally blows balls. So let's talk Heroes Reborn. Hold on, got to got to full screen it. So this is was Andy's cover. This is the one that he got. Um, I got the I got the fold out, out, baby. I you know did. I did. I went I went for the. Hold on, I don't think the back folds out. No, it does. No, I got the triptych fold out because I'm an art guy, and uh, I think the art's awesome. Uh, this cover is by Avon Coelho. Sure, I totally butchered that his name. Hey, I like Daniel's comment here. Dennis got hacked like a pipeline. <laughs> yeah, he did. Ah! Some Russian, some Russian trolls came in and hacked Dennis's Facebook account. You know that—that's who they're going to blame for this one. Is going to be Russia. They already have. We, oh, did they? Did they yeah, actually say it was Russia? I thought they said it was Russian hackers. We knew it was going to be Russia, even though we all know it's China. Just making a point there. I thought they. I thought maybe I'm wrong. I thought they said it was Russia. They, they could have. We the moment we heard it was hacked, we 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 made the comment they'll blame Russia no matter who did it. So anyway, comrades through. Uh, you can't blame China. Reborn, well, you can't, and, and, and unless it's dealing with Shang-Chi and stuff, which we'll talk about later. That's right. 
Heroes Reborn. So, you know, my issue with it going in was I was like, all right, we all remember Heroes Reborn, the relaunch. You know, Rob Liefeld, um, everybody in Jim there. Lee, Wills Portacio. All the good, you know, all the, all the, the good guys yeah. at the time. Yeah, and it was great art and stuff like that. And, you know, it was kind of a mixed bag back then, um, with story-wise, you know, what they did with it. So we were like, oh, they're, they're doing Heroes Reborn again. We, we didn't think it was all that fantastic the first time around. So what's this going to be? Well, like? I didn't. Okay, hold on. When Heroes Reborn was first done, it was definitely to um, bump up sales because the sales were lagging. And from what I know, the sales did make a jump, at least with the first few issues. I mean, it was a year. This was back in 1996, 97. And when Marvel was having all their problems. Marvel was having their problems. Yep. So they basically licensed the stuff out to Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee's respective studios. And the sales did get a boost. I don't know if the boost lasted for all 12 issues, you know, throughout the whole year. Um, but it did get a boost. And then, you know, Peter David came in to write Heroes Returns a year later to bring them all back into the actual Marvel Universe fold. Which was decent. Yeah, it was decent. So anyhow, they're doing this new Heroes Reborn written by um, Jason Aaron and drawn by Ed McGinnis. Now, out of the gate, I was like, oh, Ed McGinnis. Yep. I love Ed's stuff. It's big. It's powerful. It brings me back to the, what I say, the good old days of comics where it was just fun, big, heroic storytelling, uh, three to four, maybe five panels a page. So I'm buying it because Ed drew it. You know, I'm an Ed McGinnis fan. Uh, Story-wise, you know, uh, there was one panel. Well, I mean, I, We'll spoil stuff. The last panel on the last page was enough for me to go, damn it, now I'll come back for issue two. Yeah, so, and Andy had to wait through that. Um, the My issue with it right away is what they should have just done is called this what if. In DC, it's Elseworld. In Marvel, it's what if. So this is going to be, what, a seven-issue? Mm, weekly. Gonna, weekly. A seven-issue weekly what if. And, okay, had I really delved into it and I found that out, I might have skipped it. But, you know, this is the big Marvel thing, and they always have their big grandeur thing. So let, let's give it. And with Jason Aaron, I always like his writing. And like Andy said, I like Ed McGinnis. It was a good combo. I really wanted to see it. And the story centers around Blade. We haven't seen a whole lot about Blade, you know. And he's running through uh, L.A., and but things things don't sit right with him. Something's wrong. You know, Robbie Reyes, he, he runs into him, but you know, you see the car sitting over there, but he's on a bicycle. He's hmm. Yeah. That, that and he says good. he's looking for the ghost rider, and the guy's like, Robbie Reyes is like, What are you talking about, man? What are you what is that? Some new type of drug or something? So, you know, the Avengers didn't exist. Um what did they do with the Hulk? Like the first time Bruce Banner turned into the Hulk, they shot him to the negative zone. Yeah, so he's in the negative zone. Um, so you're already you're already starting to see right away that this whole continuity is completely uh, completely different. You see Carol Danvers, and she's, and she's not a captain. Matter of fact, she's, she's a pilot. Of, she's a pilot, but they hint that she's had problems and she'll never make the rank. She's kind of a misfit. Kind of like the land of misfit toys, you know. Yeah. Just it, well, she's insubordinate. She's, she's she is. She's yeah. insubordinate. She's, she's showing her bitchy side. She which is. I don't mind. And then you find out that uh, you know you you run into Thor. You know he goes to Thor to try and well Thor will Thor, know what's going on. <laughs> Thor's in Norway at a pub because they drinking. don't call them bars over there. They call them pubs. They do. And he's drinking out of a horn. Out of his you horn. Know, out, of, out of his horn. Like all of us good Vikings do. That's we right. drink out of our horns. So I've got mine. Yep. So he's drinking out of that, and Blade shows up, and he's like, but you're Thor, and blah, blah, blah. And Thor's just like, look, buddy, I just want to get my drink on. Um, so why don't you just get the hell out of here? Uh, Blade gets around, too. They never actually say how he's getting from all these places. That is the one thing I'm kind of like. Right. How the fuck is Blade going from L.A.? to D.C., to Norway, back to America, yep. Antarctica. They don't explain how Blade's getting around. And like we said, Blade's the only one 
that this basically has the memories of everything of how the world should be. And it's story centric around him. So Colson, Phil Colson's actually president of the United States. And apparently he's not a very nice guy. Now he comes stars. off like a dick. So it's like opposite world. Yeah. In a way. And and then you get Dr. Juggernaut, you know, so well, they, it's Dr. Doom. Cause he first shows up as Dr. Doom. Yeah. And then he turns into Dr. Juggernaut. Because he has the gem of Sidorak and he turns into Which is just weird because like the gem just totally transforms him into, you know, if it wasn't for the coloring, you'd think it was just the juggernaut. But he goes from classic looking Dr. Doom with the cape, you know, classic looking hood, face mask, all that stuff. And then the gem transforms him totally into juggernaut, except instead of brown and burgundy, he's green and silver. So Doom. You know, it, it just boy. The bottom line is, he goes through and he starts finding out that there are there are no such thing as Avengers. Nobody's heard of them. Um, it's the Squadron, which well, we all know is yeah. the Squadron Supreme. Yeah. They're the foremost superhero team that was created in this version, this Earth. Um, and so it's all about that. At the at the end. Thor gets mad. He slams it down, and oh, the mug turns into well, or that, the, the the horn turns that, into Mjolnir. That's what cracked me up because, like, I mean, I guess it made sense that he, you have to slam it, and it's not just placing it. Because I know Donald Blake flashback. Well, Donald Blake when he had his walking stick, right? He would it would always tap the ground when he was you know using it as a walking yes. stick. But man, you had a slip. So Thor gets pissed off at the bar slams his, his horn down because he wants more mead and it turns into the, the hammer. And he's just like, what the hell? And then uh, Blade realizes since Captain America was never found since World War II, going from what he knows of him being trapped in ice, he goes and tracks down Captain America and finds him, which is another thing. He finds him rather quickly. Uh-huh. Trapped in the ice. But Frozen. that's frozen trapped in ice but that was that last panel that i was like oh now i'm kind of curious what's going to happen so it did hook me to get issue two but i wasn't a hundred percent sold being a weekly book so i'm in the comic shop today and i pick it up and i'm even though i know you know i'm like oh ed mcginnis i like his stuff i'm thinking you know i could probably wait for the trade or just pass on it totally because i've got a lot of ed mcginnis's art i could always reflect back on I open it up, freaking Dale Keown. They got Dale Keown drawn a good part of the book. And I was like, damn it. Dale's not a guy that does a lot of work. Fine. So I bought it. Yep. So I hope the story holds up. If not, at least I'll be looking at pretty pictures from Dale Keown. Yeah, I picked up number two. I was on the fence. I mean, honestly, for me, it... It was hit or miss. There was nothing extravagant. I, I've read much better what-if stories. Particularly, I really don't want to have to buy seven issues just to get the story. But like you said, Dale's doing that one. I like it too. I got number two. We'll see how it goes. I may wind up picking up one, but I'm not picking up any of the tie-ins. There, there was nothing oh, about no, there's this. there's no way I'm getting the tie-ins. There is nothing about this that leapt off and says, other than, like you said, I like to look at the art. The story wasn't that exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm a little sad because I really like Jason Aaron. I, on my CGC score, I'm giving it a six. Yeah, I was actually going to go with seven, so we're not too far off on that. Seven out of ten. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, and Ed McGinnis does do some art in issue two, and so does Carlos Magno. I think that's how I pronounce it. You pronounce it. Um, so there's three different guys working on it. Um, yeah, I give it a seven. I mean, I'm so sick of do of the tie-ins and stuff because they, you know, there was a there. I don't know if uh, I think they're one shots. I don't know because I, I'll be honest, I didn't do a deep dive into it because I saw a couple books that tied into this that came out this week, and I was like, no, uh, yeah. I, I'm not doing it. Um, I'll do this at least for, for this week. Can't say I'm coming back for issue three yet. We'll, we'll wait and see, I guess. Yeah. So onto something uh, a little more prominent. We're going to talk about 
we both finished Jupiter Legacy, um, Netflix, the, the first season on Netflix. So we're, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, I hadn't read, uh, I hadn't read the, uh, the trades, um, and I didn't pick it up when it originally came out. I looked at it, and I went, eh, with all the other stuff I was picking up, I kind of passed. So they really piqued my interest on this, just like the boys. I wanted to see what it was all about. And, and I, Andy I, called up, and he says, I've, I'm watching it. And I've read the two trades of uh, one and two um, that came out, you know, back in the day. So these, you know, these Jupiter's Legacy first came out in 2013. So it's been eight years. I read these probably three or four years ago. We all know how short-term memory works in my mind. So, you know, parts of it were coming back to me watching it. It's not an, it's not a direct, uh, I guess you could say correlation or, you know, the, the stories aren't paralleled exactly. Obviously, all the characters are in it. Um, I love what they did. You know, whoever did the costume designs, they're they're a little bit different, but they're they're pretty right on with uh, the trade paperbacks. And I'm a big Fra Frank Quietly fan, artwork wise. And I like you know I like all the casting. At first, when I heard it was going to be um, Josh Duhamel, I was like. Wow, that'll be interesting because you know Josh Duhamel is not the proper age technically to play the Utopian, but he has a good build for it and stuff. But you know the makeup stuff they did to age up uh, Josh's character, and then I'm already blanking on the actor that plays his brother, but he's obviously not that old either. Um, they aged up all the characters really nicely, I thought. So the interesting thing with this is you've got two different time frames. So the basis is they're, they, in today's world, there's these superheroes that, that got their powers. But you find out gee, they got them back in the 1930s. Yeah, right after the Great Depression. Right. So and it was really interesting. So these same actors and actresses, they have to take them and age them in order to be in modern day and they have to kind of de-age them to make them look younger back from in the in the 1930s so they've got a lot of special effects that they that they have to work and i thought they looked fine i don't want to say they were phenomenal because you can tell this wasn't super high budget but i thought well, for what they did i think they achieved it I thought they looked definitely older. She could, you know, uh, Leslie Bibb uh, as Liberty Bell. She's got, you know, the crow marks when you see her up close and oh, stuff yeah. around there. And then when you see her in the 1930s, you know, as the brunette and everything like that versus the white hair, um, you know, you don't see any of that. So I thought they did an adequate job of doing it. It didn't detract from the story. And in my mind, that's what they needed to do. Yeah, no, none of that detracted from the story. And I like how they cut with the flashbacks and stuff. They changed a little bit of the the story in the book. You know, if you haven't read the book yet, my bad. It's been out long enough. You know, Utopian dies in the book by the hand of his son. Um, in this first season, that does not happen. But they do work towards Utopian's older brother being, you know, basically pulling strings behind the scenes, which I thought they did a real nice job doing. Um, they didn't, for me, when that reveal finally came about, I was, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Now, I don't know if, you know, if Dennis would have read this two years ago, if he would have been like, oh, I already know where it's going. But even if I remembered everything, it was still, you know, entertaining enough. I thought the actors did a really good job. I thought they did a nice job of uh, character development on Utopian and uh, Josh Duhamel's uh, character before he got the powers. You know, like we said, in the flashbacks, it's all around the Great Depression. Uh, Josh Duhamel and his brother, their dad, they work for their dad who owns a steel company. And once uh, 
the shit goes south with the stock market and all that. His dad decides to take a dive off the roof, which yeah. it, it, uh, <laughs> there's a scene before that happens at the base of the building. Cause you know, they're, they're, they're super wealthy. They own the skyscraper and they're on the street level. And it's Josh Gamel and uh, George, I think it's him and George. And his buddy, all the shits hitting the fan with the you know the stock market and everything crashing. And I'll be honest, I actually was like, oh my god, if they show a dude, not his dad, but just anybody, like hit the ground next to him, because this is an R-rated show, basically in the terms of violence and stuff they're showing. I I really thought like that would crack me up if they showed a guy hit the ground next to Demel. And the other character talking, and they're like, "Oh my god!" But they didn't. But they didn't. But then they do have his dad take a, take the leap off the top of the building. Right. And I was like, "Well, somebody did," because that was the whole story back then. People were taking dives off the top of yep. buildings because yeah, uh, yep, stock market crashed. And but there there was a lot of blood because like when um, oh, Andrew yeah. Horton played Paragon, he goes up to Black Star in order to save his. Boom! Wounds up having to to kill him With and. His fist, right? Right, those because you know Black Star's wiping the in, entire group of them. It's actually was was it, the fight scenes were solid, oh, yeah. um, and again from an action standpoint, that's why I'm a little. Scenes, I, that's why I'll have to disagree with you when you were talking about the special effects because I thought the special effects and the fight scenes and stuff really helped. I mean, once again, I'm watching this and I'm like, this could be in the movie theater, and I think all the effects really hold up with. Some of the I disagree. I, I I think the special effects are on par with like um, Lois and Clark or uh, Superman, Superman and, and, and Lois. Nah, yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, it's good enough to to convey it, but they're not it's Avengers definitely Marvel. not. No, they're no, not they're Marvel. Not Marvel set the, set the bar real high. Yeah, some people were complaining about their uniforms, that they're ripoffs, which you know. Utopian is going to be like a Superman in any character like that, Hyperion, whoever. Well, Courtney, my daughter, you know, we watched it. And she's never even heard of this before, never heard of the book. So this is all brand new for her. And in that big fight, when they were fighting, um, what's his face, Blackstar? Yeah, Blackstar. When they were fighting Blackstar, she's like, oh, my God, that's like Superman. And, oh, look, that's like Wonder Woman. And, oh, that's like Green Lantern. Oh, that's like, Bat. you know, this. And I'm like, yes, Courtney, I know. They're all... I mean, and they're all not. I mean, there's not like a Batman guy. Right. I mean, Brainwave, his brother, has that has powers and stuff. They're mental so, abilities. You know, you could say he's Batman S because he's really smart, and, but right. he actually has abilities. Um, you know, I, I thought it moved along good. I didn't think it was a slow burn, thank God. And even if the first couple were slow, it wasn't WandaVision slow in the beginning. Right. At all. Um, as the story went on and they were integrating the flashbacks more, the flashbacks got more time paid to them. Like I think it was episode six was almost all flashback. Right. But, but the one thing that I really, I thought, which has added a, a lot of dynamic to it was you've got the superheroes from the 1930s that got their power. They're putting together their justice league type group, the union, and the union, but they, it's, if you say justice, league, they have a code. They do. But eventually they all wind up having a lot of them have children. So their children wind up with abilities and they're raising their children. So now you've got the parent and then trying to raise children, sometimes rebellious, sometimes not. But you're it's it's always difficult raising kids. We know we're doing it, doing it now. And all of a sudden, but your kids have superpowers. If they turn out great, wonderful. If they don't, and they're drug users, so like Elena Kemporis is Chloe, Chloe, she's an interesting character because she's a spotlight girl, she's a drug she, user. She's a model. She, she is. She's all about fame. It, I, I mean, but honestly, she's almost as tough as her they, dad. They just should have made her an actress at that point, but they went with the model route, yep. you know, fashion model. She is very strong. I mean, her and her brother, you know, Utopian's kids, of course, are both very strong. Utopian even tells his son that he's going to be stronger than him yep. at some point. And you get a sense. I mean, there's this great scene where uh, there's a van rolling down the street 
And, you know, the driver takes his eyes off the wheel and he looks up and there's Chloe standing there. So he cuts the wheel real sharp and the side of the van knocks into Chloe. And it's not only the fact she doesn't get hurt. She doesn't even move. She puts a total dent in the side of the van. And, and this is a magic van. Standing there. Yeah, it's a magic van. And you're just like, oh, my God. So, you know, there's a bunch. There's at least. I didn't do a hard count, but I'd say there's at least 10, 10 offspring with powers. Yes, that, that we've seen so far. That we've seen so far, right. right. And we keep at finding least. out, you know, the other ones. Um, Mark, well, it's interesting. Mike. Mark, uh, Mike Wade is, uh, as the flair, he's today, he was, you know, in the, in the 30s, he's got the powers. Something happens to him. We don't know everything yet. He's in a wheelchair. He yep. can't function. Um, um, his daughter, Petra, um, again, you have offspring. Um, Matt uh, Lanter plays Sky Fox, who they're setting him up as the villain. And then you find out his son's around, who Chloe's now sleeping with. So there's a lot of dynamics in there. So basically, Ooh. the greatest superhero turns and goes and has to go against the greatest supervillain, which were both team members. So there's a lot of interesting dynamics in this show. So all in all, um, I'm going to say the story was good. I loved how they cut past, present, past, present. And they, the story's built up to it. I liked it. I thought it was a solid first season. So much so I'm, I'm really looking forward to second season. Um, CGC rating, I'm going to give this a 7.5. It's solid. I think they could have done a little yeah. more, but I, I really want another season, and I think they could approve. Dennis is just rolling, rolling harsh with his ratings today. I was going to – well, not was. I am. I'm going to give it an 8. I thought it was really solid. I thought the – the season finale because I haven't heard if there's a season two fingers crossed. There's a season two. Cause it definitely, so. it definitely ended with you know, a cliffhanger. Um, so I'm hoping for a season two. I give it an eight. I thought the characterization was good. Um, you know, it had some nice ups and downs in regards to, you know, his daughter, Chloe, you go from going, man, you are a, capital B into going, Oh, you know, I kind of like you. I can kind of see where you're coming from. Um, so, you know, I, I give it a, I give it an eight. I'm looking forward Good. to it. I'm a sucker for so this we're stuff. Close. We're, yeah, close. we're close. We both enjoyed it. I mean, I'm right. So, you know, well, we, we, we did. I pulled up, uh, um, so I, I, I pulled up the Rotten Tomatoes. So uh -oh. pull, you'll have to pull it up on there. So we got a couple of screenshots because oh, I Lord. wanted to find out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with the critics at all. Not that it's unusual for me. The critics yeah, gave it a 36%. Do they, is there, do they say on this why? So I, 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 I read a number of them right before the show cause I was curious, um, what their take was. They didn't like the costumes. They thought the, the costuming looked cheesy. Um, now, see, that's. Mm. That the costumes I thought really mirrored the books. I agree fantastically. I and think, I think they're almost the closest reproduction, especially as a whole. Well, yeah, as a whole, they're definitely the closest. So I was going to say, I think I think Sam Wilson's Captain America from uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is the closest we've probably yes. seen. But these, I thought they mirrored the costumes uh, perfectly. I thought the construction up close, because, you know, watching, it was funny. There's a scene with Josh uh, Demel. Um, I can't remember if there was ever a scene with him without his shirt on, but he was definitely wearing like a T-shirt. I'm looking at him. He's not huge. He's a tall guy. But I thought to myself, dude, you should have gotten to the gym a little bit. I mean, it's nice that you don't have a gut, but still work out some. But when he's in costume, you know, they did a little padding and stuff. But I thought it worked fine. It did. I thought they did. all looked great. It did. 
I thought that, again, I thought the story was fine. I, their complaints, I mean, they're talking about the hair, you know, being white and wiggy. And I'm like, you can I see know, a little bit of it, but nothing to, nothing to the extent that, but then those are critics, yeah. you know, and they want every, they, they want champagne on a, on a beer budget. I mean, that's just, that's just it. I, I agree more with the audience. Um, the audience is right about where I thought it yeah. was solid. It was good. It was a good reproduction. I want to see a season two. I think they can improve on it. But I thought for the first season, eight episodes, I thought it was great for yeah. what it was. I will say with Netflix, and I'm sure lots of people will disagree with this, and if they do, I don't care. I don't like how they dump it all. And, yes, I know it's a me problem. It's definitely a first world problem because I can't stop myself because I watched the first episode. And I was going into it with my daughter going, oh, we'll just watch one. And then I'm like, yeah, I'll watch the second one. And I was like, yeah, what's one more? And then it was just late and I was like, I'm going to bed. But then the next day we watched five in a row, you know? Yeah. So yes, it's a me problem. I'm a weak-willed person. I'd rather them dump them out just once a week. But here, here's where I think the testimony comes in. I got my wife to watch this. She had no interest in this at all. As a matter of fact, she commented and she goes, I have no interest in watching this. I said, you made me watch My Fair Lady with you the other night. Yeah, that is rough. I said, you need to at least watch the first uh, two episodes of this and we'll call it even. By the second end of the second episode, she goes, yeah, let's see what the third one. And then the fourth. And she goes, all right, we have to finish watching it. So my wife, who could care less about this, got sucked in for the entire season. So I think that's a good enough testimony. We get a comment? Oh, let's see what he said. Let's see what Daniel says. Hold on here. Uh, Daniel says, I thought the first big fight was cheesy, but otherwise I enjoyed it. I would love to know. Why did you think it was cheesy? I don't know if you don't like typing. I hope you don't mind typing because I would really like to know why you thought it was cheesy. I didn't think it was cheesy. I thought it was done well. And you know what? I get, and I'm sure this is what you're referring to, but going with the story stuff where Utopia is like, we have this code. I get it. I totally get it. But look, dude, Blackstar is about to kill you mofos. So it's either he kills you guys and at least your son can go, well, you're all dead, but I stuck with the code or your son takes them out and you're like, and you don't get all pissy with them for breaking the code. And I did think that was cool where basically in the jail, uh, Blackstar had his son and Utopian was lighting up his eyes and he was going to take him out because it's like, yeah, dude, don't be a dick. Screw your code. Is it your code or but, the death of your son? Uh, see, but now from a guy who plays Paladins, lawful good in Dungeons and Dragons, they, there are things where you can see the code is more important than anything that happens. So as, as a person that could, I, I could relate to what Utopian was saying. I, I could lose you even though I don't want to because if it goes against the code. I really enjoyed that aspect of it because that's always an argument. I tell you what, if anybody, if there was some book BS code like that between us and you upheld it and I died, I would haunt you. I was just saying, like a mother asshole, you would haunt I me. would haunt the shit out of you and make sure you knew it was me. Sorry, less cheesy and more low budget for what the fight looked. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And I, said, I guess. I mean, I okay. Here's a question. I agree with him. All right, that's fine. You can have bad taste, um, <laughs> Daniel. Question for you. Remember the first Incredible Hulk movie that Ang Lee did twenty years ago with um, who's the guy that played him? Do you remember Eric Bana? Yes, Eric yes. Bana. He played the first. Now I came out of that movie. And the movie was awful. I thought the I thought the villain, they totally screwed up the absorbing man. It was bad. I hated the comic booky panel stuff Ang Lee was trying to do. But I didn't think the Hulk looked that bad. I thought he looked pretty good. For this was his remember now, up at before Luther knew, before or before this movie, all we had was Lou Fregno. Right, right. So this is the first CG Hulk, and I thought it looked good. And my friends around me were like, oh, my God, that was like Shrek on screen <laughs> and, and just totally banging it. And I'm like, is something wrong? I'm like, am I being gaslit? Is something wrong with my vision? Because 
I remember Shrek. Now, I, I also take things very literally. So they're saying, oh, my God, that looked like Shrek. I'm like, seriously, Shrek? If Shrek was in a world with realistic backgrounds behind him, I'd be like, that looks so fake. It's not even fun. I didn't think he looked fake. Did you think he looked fake? So I thought he fit the world fine. And he just got better. The Ed Norton Hulk was better. No, and I agree. And that, but see, that's a technology issue. And what astounds me is this is what you defend, that Hulk, when you won't watch E.T. because the technology and the special effects no, are too old. That's not why I won't watch E.T. You said if you don't. The well, another it's too reason old I won't watch E.T. No, I won't watch E.T. because I think it's stupid. Oh, my God. E.T. is not stupid. Besides uh, the fact he likes my favorite candy. He likes my favorite candy. That's oh, about it. That's my. But but I don't I don't know. I just didn't think the fight looked that low budget. I don't I don't I know. Don't. I have to watch it again. I didn't really think it. Did. I, Anyhow, I, it had its hits and misses, just like anything else. But be, it is a lower budget on Netflix. Well, yes, it and, is. And I understand for, that. For that low budget, I thought they pulled it off well. And right, and with your comparison of you compare it to Superman and Lois. I agree with that, and I and I agree with that because I know Superman Lois is a TV show, and their budget's lower, so they they work with what you got. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't make me feel old since that was 20 years ago. I see your point, but Netflix usually puts out good quality. Uh, the fly-ins, a few of the flying punches were very. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess I can see what you're saying. Maybe it's because I went into it knowing this is a Netflix show, so my expectations weren't super high. I don't know. Like I said, I gave it an eight. It seems like you liked it, Daniel, and you'll come back for season two. I think we'd all agree we want to see a season two. Now let's talk about what's on screen right here. Which we already gave away at the very beginning. We went and saw this, nobody. Oh, I can tell you right now. My CGC rating on this movie is 9.5. This movie, nobody, when I first saw the trailer for it a couple months ago, I, I was taken in. I was curious. Um, I was like, you know what? I do want to see this. Um, and part of the other reason I wanted to see it is because the actor. Right. You so know? we all know Saul. You know, yeah, better I mean, call Saul and Saul from Breaking Bad. And, 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 we, and we, this is what he's known for. Right. And, and we saw this trailer at one of the movies we were at. And we were like, I kind of want to see that. I mean, yeah. how can he be an action how guy? Be, how can he be a tough guy? Right. And it's like you see Keanu Reeves play John Wick and you get it because and, and Keanu, it's not like he got jacked for the movie or anything, but Keanu's played tough guys. So you just get it. But Keanu you had know? a background because the Matrix, they, we saw right. his, well, his martial arts stuff. You just... Felt he, he could be he, this guy. Well, you don't get that with Bob Odenkirk. No, Bob Odenkirk is not somebody you think of as a tough guy. And you also, uh, Daniel says, yes, I'll come back. I could debate this whole form later with video evidence. <laughs> all right, all right, we don't need video evidence. Um, you don't see Bob Odenkirk as a tough guy. And like you're used to Bruce Willis playing tough guys from Die Hard. Right. And even with the first Die Hard movie, I can remember not thinking to myself, he can't play a tough guy. He was in Moonlighting. You know what I mean? Right. I just, I just. I, but I Bruce just, Willis just, exuberated. Bruce, Bruce, right. Bruce exuberated tough guy. Bob Odenkirk, and this isn't a slam against him. He just doesn't exude that. But this movie changes your mind. Holy crap. Because he's, ever. he's unlike John Wick. Where John Wick was like, look, I'm out of that. I don't do it anymore. Oh, you killed my dog. Now I got to kill you bastards. Yeah. You know, that flipped the switch. With this movie, it's it, there is that flip. And the flip is his house gets broken into. And he still lets it go. Because there's moments. There, there are moments in this in the scene with his house getting broken into. And it's broken into by, you find out later, a couple. You know, a young couple in their 20s that are down on their luck, basically. We, we, we're not going to give away a lot of spoilers no. because I know a lot of people haven't went to the theater to see it. We were going to rent this uh, or we, I was going to buy it on, on Voodoo or Prime or something and have a viewing party. 
and you can only rent it right now. And I'm like, dude, I'm not renting a movie for 20 bucks. I'll go to the theater to see it, but I wouldn't. Well, and that's why. And he found so one. He found a theater right. that had it. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I'm really glad we did because it the, the screenshot that we have there, Monday, he does the same thing. So you see he has this, it's a monotonous, repetitive world he lives in. Monday, he does the same thing. He rides the bus to work. Tuesday, he forgets the garbage to take it out. And his wife, who, of course, is Connie Nielsen, who is, she, she was great in it. Uh, in it. The kids were both fantastic that were that were in it. They played their parts very well. Well, and But they, they, he's in this well, they, humdrum family routine. And they, and they set it up so great within, like, the first 20 minutes where it's, you know, in bed, gets up, goes to work, you know, does it, comes home, goes to bed, gets up. And they do like Monday, Tuesday, and they just set it up in the first 15 minutes. Like you're home. like, oh my God, this guy's life is so dull. So boring. So boring. I mean, this isn't a huge spoiler. Him and his wife, just the way they set it up with them laying in bed together. There's this there's the a huge body pillow that separates them in bed. And it's not laid flat to where he can roll over and see her. It's not like she needs it for her back. No, it's a divider. So he's in this marriage that isn't going great. And it's just monotonous. And his house gets broken into. And because you go into the movie knowing that he's a badass, you're, you're there on the edge of your seat going, oh, this is it. He's not going to let these robbers get away with it. And without going into detail, he basically does because he's just like, no, I don't need to do anything. And you find out later in the movie because he's held at gunpoint during this break in. And you find out later in the movie why he didn't feel the need to go any further with these these robbers and just lets them go, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it is fantastic the, the way that they set everything up. The, the, the son's disappointed in his dad for oh, letting yeah. him to go. His dad, he, the son basically thinks his dad's a pussy. He's a wussy. Get, just get I'm out just of here. Saying, he's a pussy. And, and he's like, you know, go. I need to finish interviewing a real soldier for my interview. And they go, well, go talk to Grandpa, which is Christopher Lloyd. And you're like, wow, he really has aged. He makes a really great grandpa. Lives and, in a nursing home. And it's great. He watches old westerns. Huh? Yeah, he's eating the same food, you know, and it was it was great. Like, wow, he plays a good grandpa. So many twists in this movie. Christopher Lloyd was fabulous as well. Oh, he was this I I cannot think of a movie Christopher Lloyd's been in where he got to be uh, uh an action star. It would have been Star Trek three, because he played oh, the Klingon. Yeah. But he really wasn't much action. He, didn't he was do a much. bad decision yeah. Klingon. Yeah, and then this is, of course, just like John Wick. That's why I kind of made the comparison right. to John Wick. We meet the Russian. Here's the Russian, and this is an eccentric, really off kilter Russian. But then you find out all about him, and it's a really cool story setup that they have dealing well, with this Russian. So Bob Odenkirk's character basically, the it's the switch that gets flipped for him. Is it the people that break into his house? It's something they stole that belonged to his daughter. And at the dinner table, at that moment, you just see it click. And he's like, I'll be back. And he goes out to track down who, yeah. to track down the people that broke into his house to get this. Well, it's not a story point to get back this cat bracelet of his daughters. You know, so it's funny as a dad, I can totally see that because it's a young girl you saw. And you're just like, all right, that's it. Now you've pushed me too far. And he basically wants to get that back. And after that, he's basically done. And on the bus ride home, you know, after he, he does track the people down, we'll just leave it at that. He takes a bus home and it just so happens these five or six Russians, Russians get on the bus that were partying and they're drunk and all that. And there's a girl on the bus and they start messing with her. And Odenkirk is just like, oh, fine. But you you can tell he's thirsty for because he hasn't lived this life in a long time. So it's a great fight scene. It's phenomenal. It, it is. It's phenomenal. 
He kicks all their asses. I just love it. And it's I, just I, so I poor, The poor bus driver's going, what's going on? And he very calmly walks over, takes her phone, sets it on the bus, shoes her out, closes the door, <laughs> and cracks his knuckles. And basically that's where it goes. And he says something, too, before he even deals with these guys. He's sitting in the back of the bus, of course, all the way in the back seat. And like I said, there's only like three people on the bus, him and two others. And then, you know, these guys get on, these Russians get on. And he sees that they're going to be trouble. And he, his inner monologue, he says, I hope these guys like hospital food yes. before the fight even starts. So and it, there weren't many of us in the theater. There were but, five of us. Right. It was me, you, my daughter, and then two other patrons. And that's it. And yet we had a lot of laughter in, in, in this theater. There was good. John Wick, there are a lot of comparisons. It's dealing with Russians. John Wick was, look, you killed my dog that my dead wife gave me. It's what I remember of her. Right. That was his trigger. This is a different trigger also with Russians. So there's a lot of similarities. But they are such different movies in a lot of ways. This one, you couldn't help but laugh. The supporting cast was great. Um, his buddy, you can tell he's an old... Um, Military buddy of his shows up. Yeah. He's fantastic. I mean, there's, it's it, this is a great movie. Andy gave it a nine five. I gave, I'm giving it a nine six. This and you can already see he pulled up. Both the critics and the audience love this. This is a movie I will be buying absolutely. Oh, yeah. I will never rent it for twenty bucks, but I will be buying this movie the well, moment you know, it comes out when it actually is. Is at a theaters. It'll be cheaper to rent. It's just because it's in theaters. Yeah, so I know. Watch at home. Be yeah. yeah, I, I will be um, buying this. Uh, uh, Michael says, talking about Lloyd, that Lloyd was uh, action star in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Wow, oh, I don't remember that. Wow, and I saw that movie. Obviously, I just don't remember that. I but, totally wouldn't have even thought of that. But that was, but wow. that was so long ago. It's, it's. There's obviously things in this movie, just like in John Wick, that you're just like, bullshit, couldn't happen, couldn't happen. But it's grounded really well, I think, in in this movie genre reality of these real fights where you can even see in this picture he gets busted up, he gets broke, he gets stabbed in the movie. Yeah. So I think they do a really... a sequel well i shouldn't say definitely they set it up for a sequel there's a scene during the credits so you're definitely going to want to stay during the credits for a specific scene um i think it does i think it did well enough for a sequel i will say that in two years we will get to see a part two um because there's just even though things are tied up as soon as you deal with the russians there's always things that aren't tied up because they're so connected. This is all. So, this is an absolute must-see movie. Yes, two thumbs up. I mean, we had some hopes it would be good. It it blew us away. We laughed. There was so much gasping and laughing between us and then the couple that were well, behind us. Well, it's because us. like it so. Daniel great. says uh, he thought of falling down. I, I falling down. It's different. It is because falling down. If I remember right. The guy was basically just that was one with um who's actor Michael Douglas Michael Douglas where basically yeah. he was just he just got pushed to the point of going going fuck it right where but he didn't have any like background training he's just a normal guy that was basically just pushed to the edge whereas he snapped that was he it. snapped whereas in this Odenkirk doesn't snap he makes this decision yes on this night to want to get the thing back for his daughter and then it just so happens on the bus ride home he's in the wrong place at the wrong time because if, if that never happened on the bus ride home he'd be fine but because of what happens on the bus ride and then the people on the bus that he messes up who they're connected with they bring it to them so he has to basically defend his house and, and his family. And how he finds out about who he wound up accidentally messing with. There are so many little hidden little goodies in this movie. Yes. So old old equipment from war people that they're dealing with, like the old transmitter equipment. 
Oh, yeah. There are so many really cool little things in this that you're just like, it was fresh. It was so fresh, even though I would put it closer to John Wick. And the action scenes were are just about as good, although more gun-heavy than hand-to-hand combat. But needless to say, go go see this movie, rent it, whatever you're going to do. This is probably one of the best, most entertaining movies that I have seen in quite a while. I didn't realize Odenkirk had training. I thought he was an everyday guy that snapped. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Nope. Matter of fact, one of the best scenes, and we won't spoil it, was when he's in there and they're laughing at, at him. All these big tough guys. They got brass knuckles. They slam it down. Oh. They're going to go after him. And they see part of his tattoo sticking out. That's all I'm going to tell you. And they go, thank you for your service. They understand Without right. knowing, without the audience knowing, they already knew he was a bad mother. And they didn't explain it to the audience till later on. Right. And it's also cool because of what his previous life was is kind of different from what you usually hear. It's not, for instance, I'll give you what it's not. It's not, you know, he was a SEAL and he's back. And, he, you know, he was, a, he was a Navy SEAL 20 years ago and he's a badass. And now he just wants to lead him. It's not that. He's... It's really cool what his other life was and how he explains it at a specific time in the movie. I'll put it this way. Arnold Schwarzenegger Commando. I eat green berets for breakfast. That is exactly what this guy is. A green beret would be nothing to him. He right. does things for there. It's it's amazing. <laughs> you just you just gotta go see it. Trust us. You will not be let down. If you like um, if you like John Wick, uh, you won't be let down. No. At all. No. At all. And on that note, we, we ran a little long, so we had a couple of things else lined up. I think we'll push them back till yep. Friday. We'll save them till Friday. Um, we were doing a review of Mother Trucker. Here, we can show you real quick. On Friday, we'll be reviewing two books, Mother Trucker and... Brutus the Badass. So we're going to review those on Friday. There are two indie books. Mother Trucker was on Kickstarter. Brutus was on Indiegogo. And I picked them both up. Thoroughly enjoyed them. Told Dennis, you got to read them. Yep. So we're reviewing those on Friday. And then we're also, which we were going to try and get to today, um, that Michelle and Bart Sears, they did their, their maiden from Heavy Metal, and we got the first ones. Um, they were sold out, but we each got our copies. He just got his today, Andy did. Um, so we're going to go over that as well on uh, on Friday. Um, yeah, sorry, we ran just uh, quite a just bit. Just a hair later. Jaylee ends with, oh, and thing, I'm doing a artwork of Jean Grey and Rachel Summer. Can't wait to see it, man. Got to oh, show us. snap. He's going to do it. He heard us on Monday. All right, That's man. That's fantastic. We will see you guys on Friday at 4 o'clock, drinking a beer, reviewing a couple comics, and talking about uh, how Shang-Chi and uh, the Eternals. It's the Eternals, Eternals right? and Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi might not be shown in China. Damn China. Which completely destroys Marvel's entire intent of doing this. So something's in the works. We'll see you guys on Friday. Bye, everybody.